0: your money personal finance podcast. I'm David Pratt along with the president of Everything Financial, Peter Trushecki. On season two, episode five, we're going to go over the 10 key questions on the differences between fee-based financial planning and a commission-based advisor. Peter, first of all, why is that so important to know?
1: Well, Dave, uh, good afternoon. You You need to know what you're paying for what you're getting for your money. A lot of people don't even know there is a difference between fee-based, commission-based, because it's got this veil of secrecy over it. We're going to try and make it simple uh, with really the 10 kind of top 10 things, if you will, and the differences between the two, and really just teach people out there who are watching or listening um, the questions they need to ask and, and what the major basic differences are so you know what you're getting for your money.
0: Well, let's start Number one in the top 10, what items pay commission to the advisor? Let's start there.
1: Okay, let's keep that simple. The items that actually pay commission to an advisor would be any type of insurance. So you're buying life insurance, critical illness, or disability insurance. Those pay commissions and different types of policies, depending on the type, pay different rates of commissions. But it's not just commissions. A lot of times the advisor can get a bonus on that commission, depending on the contract they have with their supplier. And there's nothing wrong with that. You should just be able to ask, what's your commission? What's your bonus? We've got the insurance. That's number one. Um, Mortgages pay commission. Now, on this one, there can be a huge difference, as we talked about last season when we had Vichy Trong on. And he'll be on again this season talking about mortgages. But those have huge different rates of commission. So again, asking the difference is important because they really don't have to be disclosed. And the big one, the one we always talk about is mutual funds. Now, mutual funds have different rates of commission, but not only that, bankers and mutual fund salespeople get paid differently on different types. In other words, certain banks or mutual fund companies have proprietary products. So their own labeled Mutual funds, XYZ Bank may have an XYZ mutual fund and they're paid bigger <laughs> yeah. commissions, bigger bonuses. But here's what's been going on lately. They They also get, which is there's nothing, again, wrong with this. It's just a case of disclosures, what we're really all about and transparency. There's this thing called trailer fees, which we'll talk about in, going on here with some of the points we're going to make. But a lot of times they're disclosing trailer fees as the only commission, or they're even disclosing trailer fees as your only fee. It's just not the case. So we'll go into the bit of the differences in those things. So those are the major things in the financial planning world when you're putting a financial plan together that you should know you're paying for and that have different levels of commission.
0: So how does fee for service really worked. Maybe we should take that next step.
1: Well, fee-for-service is quite a bit different. There, and there's a few different models yeah. which we'll get into. But the basic part here on number two on fee-for-service financial planning, you could literally go to your registered financial planner mm-hmm. and say, I want you to build me a financial plan, if, if that's what this his, his or her firm does. And they can just say, no problem, Mr. and Mrs. Uh, client. We will charge you X, whatever you know, different, I've seen lots of different fees and, and, and that's okay. But they say, we will charge you a fee. We will build you a plan. We will hand it to you with recommended strategies you should follow. They don't represent any product. They don't supply any product. They just go, we're going to give you this plan. You take it away and you decide where you want to fill the product shelf or where you want to fill the strategy. Okay. Oh, you need this type of mortgage, you'll go search for yourself to your own broker or, you know, to a mortgage company or your bank or whomever. You'll go, I need this much of life insurance and this much disability insurance. I'll go find someone to sell me that product. So someone is really you're paying someone for advice on an hourly rate or a flat fee that are building you a plan And then it's up to you to walk away and execute the plan and put the strategies Uh, in place. Okay. So you know exactly what you're getting and you know what you're getting for it, but it does involve some discipline from you afterwards to go and put the whole product together.
0: And that's kind of the point I want to make here is, is that, I mean, how do you know that you're really getting your money's worth here? If so much of that responsibility is on you? Well,
1: you're dealing with someone who's doing fee for service. Um, check. You're usually going to meet someone like that through referral from someone else who has used that person before a lot of times, but they really don't have theoretically a vested interest in pushing a product. They're more pushing a solution for you. And really, if you go see an RFP, a registered financial planner, I mean, that's like having a PhD in financial planning with that designation that they've achieved and they have to act as a fiduciary. They really have to act in your best interest. That's their mandate. That's their. That's what they've sworn to do. And there's a lot of them around the country. And if you find one of those people, they're going to do the right job for you, or they wouldn't have that designation and they wouldn't have achieved that designation. Because the interesting thing is they have to do A real financial plan, even though they're RFP, not play on words there, but they have to do a real (laughs) financial plan and get it approved by a board of their peers before they can earn that designation. So you know to earn that designation. They really know what they're doing and they're putting a plan together for you. And again, they're trying to find a solution and give you good independent advice, not you know, just say they're an advisor or a yeah. financial planner. Yeah. I'm getting so sick of the term because everyone's trying to use the term and yeah. hijack the term advisor these days in some big companies, but they're not, they're, they're not selling you something. Okay. They're advising on a strategy.
0: So there's some trust there. Oh, That's absolutely. the, that's the keyword. Yeah. And that, that's really the point that I was trying to make here because that really gets down to what we're talking about in terms of financial planning fees. I mean, now now we're getting into the money and, and how the money gets moved around. Okay, are are these tax deductible? Let's let's start there.
1: No, financial planning fees are you go drop thirty five hundred or five grand or yeah. or something yeah. like that. They're, they're, I mean they're seventy five hundred. It depends on obviously the cost on how complex a plan you're getting too. But those fees are not tax deductible if they're done that way. So you cannot go say I'd like a financial plan pay your five grand, just to use a number, really doesn't matter, but whatever that okay. number is. Sure. You know, you, you might do four or five meetings and putting the plan together, cause it is p- pretty complex. You walk away with a plan, uh, but you've got a bill to pay, which is fine. You get, you know, you're getting a good quality plan 99 times out of a hundred, but there's no tax deduction on it. And that's a problem. So the plan may present ways for you to save on taxes, which is great. Cause that's the best way to get ahead in life is don't give it to the government in the first place. <laughs> but, because we know I love government. Yes, um, exactly. Yeah, me too. I think I just threw up <laughs> in my mouth saying that, Dave. Sorry. Um, <laughs> hang on a sec. Okay. Okay, I got the taste out of my mouth. Okay, good. Okay, okay. Yeah, bad taste. These are a bad taste. Me, you know, sure, But right. really, you, you. you can't write it off though. But you know what? No. You're getting a good quality plan and you just have to look at it as an expense if you do it that way.
0: Okay, so take another glass of water because here we go to the next step here. Okay, because this confuses me a lot here. I, I, there's a lot of things to do, but this one really kind of gets to me. Okay, okay. What is a hybrid fee? Uh, hybrid fee. I mean, this is, again, you're, you're talking a different lingo. Is, I'm not even sure. Is this English? I'm not sure. It, but a hybrid fee for this service plan. Well,
1: everyone okay. wants hybrids these days. Of course, this has nothing to do with a car or a okay. you know, gas and batteries or whatever you want to call it, or you know. But no. a, but a hybrid fee, and this is really becoming very popular for people to look out there. You can go to um, your registered financial planner, and they can say, "Look, we'll give you a couple choices here. We will build a plan. You know, give us your credit card at the end of the day, and you can't tax deduct the fee, or you can build a plan, and they will also find the solutions for you with products they represent to put the plan in place. So they are providing products." They yeah. are providing strategies. One of the differences is, though, with the hybrid, and, and, and so what you're paying for, they're getting paid. So okay. what you need to watch is that with a hybrid plan is, are you paying them to do the plan or are they collecting some sort of revenue in their recommendations to do the plan? And the, the difficulty is, or the thing you got to weed out, if you will, is that you're not double dipping. I mean, if, and what I mean, or they're not double okay. dipping. Sorry. What I mean by that is you go in and they make great recommendations for you for a mortgage, possibly your investments, uh, insurance, whatever the case may be. So they're getting paid and and they will have to disclose this, but then are, but you're not also paying them a fee. You get what I mean? So you, they're not collecting sure. twice. It's really, one or the other with the hybrid plan and you can choose what to do. And that's kind of a good way to look at it. Cause if you're going to be doing business with them anyways, which is the case for a lot of, a lot of people and you want them to put the plan in place and guide you through the strategies and the solutions, which can take time to do, you can't do them all at once. So instead of writing them a check and you disappearing, they're representing some of those products and they're getting paid that way instead. So instead of collecting a fee from you, they're collecting a fee from the company. So maybe they're in part of your solution, there's a mortgage, Well, they're getting paid to represent or, or provide the mortgage solution. So that's how you're paying them for the plan. Or they're giving you investment solutions, and they're getting paid from the investment company, uh, what's called a referral fee, to, to refer you to that company. And that's how you're paying for the plan. And that's a a good way to go because you're getting something for your money and that's key.
0: Which is again, what we always talk about again, it's, it's, you know, to find the truth, follow the money. And that's exactly what you're saying. Just follow the money and you'll be okay. Yeah. Okay. You'll sleep, you'll sleep at night. Okay. Uh, but again, you know, when you talk about the services and let's get into this quite a bit, cause this is really important. Um, What should you expect for your fees? I mean, where's the payoff?
1: Well, if you're, if and here's the big thing where a lot of people don't know what they're getting. So, if you're doing this um, type of system, the hybrid, if you will, or where where the advisor is collecting a fee. So, say they're collecting a fee of, you know, one percent or whatever it is from the investment company, and they're collecting commission and a bonus uh, from the uh, insurance company if there's different insurances you need or they're collecting something from the mortgage company, what you should expect for your money. Cause you're not just, they're not just referring a company out because they have good looks and charm and it's a nice company, you know, <laughs> you, you want to get something for okay. your money yeah. if they're being yeah. paid. So here's what you should expect. A full transparent um, delivery of the financial plan and full transparency on every fee they get for starters. And as your assets get higher or as you have more assets and there's different thresholds, obviously, you should really expect more from them. So you should expect a full financial plan. You should expect to have a complete review of that financial plan once a year. Now, that doesn't mean reviewing. How's my investments? What did I have last year? What do I have this year? That's part of it. But reviewing the plan to make sure you're on track because as we see nowadays, things change mighty quick, Dave. The world is changing faster than we can keep up. Your life changes faster than you can keep up with it. So being able for your fee or what they're collecting in a referral fee or a commission, being able to go back to that advisor and review the plan once a year or maybe once every two years or when there's a significant material change in your financial situation and say, You know what? I'm not sure I'm on track anymore. Can you let me know? So you should expect that for your fee. You can possibly expect to have them do your taxes for you in-house. A lot of firms do that because so much of the financial planning is the tax planning, the tax deductibility of certain things. That's key. So maybe they have an in-house tax department. Now, maybe you pay for that, but as you get more assets, maybe you don't. Um, Legal help, like like referral to maybe they have a will department or they have a connection with someone who does wills and power of attorneys. So the more you have, the more of these things should be covered an estate plan. There's one we weren't, I didn't talk about yet an estate plan. Sure. So I'll give you an example, the, the way to look at it, maybe for you, you know, the people who are a little not sure about this stuff to do a financial plan, realistically in time, effort put in by a firm you're talking significant people hours. We can't say man hours anymore, but but you're talking, you know, their, their staff and everything else going into this. It could yeah. be anywhere from yeah. $3,500 to probably $7,500 to do a plan. That's significant. But, you know, if, if you're paying them a lot more than that in commissions and referral fees, shouldn't you get more for your money? So realistically, the more money you have, there, there's got to be a threshold where eventually – they're covering a lot of these other things like the taxes, um, the notary, say, update your will or an estate plan. They're helping with that. So the more you have, I mean, it sounds silly, but the more you should get for your money, because yeah. hits a th- there is a threshold where let's use the 1% for just easy math for people today. So 1% on $750,000 of investments is $7,500. There you go. Um, but if you have 2 million, well, granted, they probably don't get paid the same for when you have that much in assets, but you know, at that point it doesn't cost more, really not probably not significantly more unless your case is extremely complicated, which can happen, but it really doesn't cost a ton more for a $2 million plan, you know, if you have $2 million versus the person with 500 to 750,000. So it does hit a stage where what else am I getting for my money? But the other thing you can ask them about what you're getting for your money is how many times can I come back and see you in a year? How many you know times can I email you? How many questions can I ask, etc. Cetera, because et cetera. you know maybe the firm does so much for someone with only two hundred and fifty thousand, and maybe you have to do part fees and you have to pay them part for your plan. I can't I can't say what different companies do but there's nothing wrong with that if they're getting paid something and you have to kick in a little because everyone should be paid fairly for their time and if you're getting a good unbiased financial plan then you probably don't begrudge anyone collecting a fair fee for doing it but all those extras we talk about are really good things to be getting for your money so you know there's a lot of transparency a lot of independence go into it and they're really trying to provide you a solution not just sell you a product
0: peter here's the final thing i i do want to touch on this because you know you and i have known each other for so, for so long i mean there's an element of trust that i have when i talk to you i just do it just it's it, we're friends and all of that goes along with it how important is it to connect that sort of relationship that trust element um that i you know, i naturally connect to a friendship um or am I being naive here?
1: No, you're not being naive. That's that's what happens. And I've been doing this a long, 31 years, Dave. I'm showing my age yes. 31 years. No. I started when I was three, apparently. Okay. Um, <laughs> couldn't count very good then. I would have been two. Know, okay. No. Okay. Uh, okay. So the trust goes into it because what happens is over the, that time, whatever your time is, five yeah. years in the business, yeah. 15 years in the business, whatever the case may be, it doesn't matter. You learn a lot over that time. But a lot of the clients start out as clients, then become friends as you go on. So the trust really develops over time. And I know a lot of people I sit with and I and I go out for dinner with I do things with, and we talk about how we met. And we met through me doing a plan, but you end up becoming friends and then you sometimes seem oh yeah right I'm your financial advisor at the same time. I'm your registered financial yeah. planner as well. Yeah. And that's truly what happened. And you're right. You and I met on some sports station way back when, when Yes, I we started did. doing a you know, a, a business update that I was asked to do yeah. on your station. And so right. the, the client relationship came first and yeah. the trust and the friendship relationship developed later. And what, what's the best way to find someone who handles your money? Cause remember it is your yeah. money. Then someone like a family member or a close friend who has dealt with that person for a long time and yeah. really has a lot of faith and trust in that person and that is key because it is your money yeah. and if you don't feel that bond that connection or more important as you have said Dave yeah. if you don't feel that trust there's nothing wrong with looking elsewhere and the person shouldn't take it personally but you've just had to have that relationship and I can I can like say without a doubt there is clients and me who have parted ways because we just didn't have that connection and mm-hmm. I'd rather they do that. I'd rather they part ways and cuz the most important thing is their happiness, their success, it's their money. And I know it sounds a little corny cuz the show is called Your Money, but as you yeah. know it was really easy for us to develop the name for a podcast Your Money because you know me, I've been saying it for 10 years going Your Money, your it's your money, yeah. it's your I always tell people you, it's your money, you decide. Yeah. And and that's true, it is your money and yes, you need guidance with your money, you need some strategies on what to do, but in the end, it's your money. So actually getting back to what we talked about, the financial planner giving you different ideas with products. How do you know they're being trustworthy, even if they're collecting that fee? So you're doing the the fee-based thing here, or like we said, they're collecting a referral fee, or they're getting a commission on on Mm -hmm. the insurance or whatever the case may be. And you go, well, how do I know they're really representing me independently? Well, Maybe they give you two to three different options to reach your goals. And they're all different. So they're not just going buy this, buy this, buy this. The other way to know it's truly independent is look for a registered financial planner doing a plan. And we've talked about this in previous episodes, who brings in a portfolio manager. So they're not selling you a product like mutual funds. They're bringing in a management company. Now, granted, they're getting that 1% fee. And they're disclosing it, which is the most important part. It's not about fees. It's about transparency. They're disclosing the fee, but someone else is making the recommendation. So what came first, the chicken or the egg? Well, Dave's going, what are you talking about chickens and eggs for? It's not (laughs) right. But but the plan came first. And then the portfolio management company then develops the investment plan to fit the financial plan. And that's where you know you're getting true fiduciary duties, which are in your best interest, not the advisor's best interest.
0: Yeah. And then you take them to a Canucks game, and then you find out what they're really made of. <laughs> that's what you do. That's what
1: you Canucks do. Canucks games. <laughs> well, hey, we got two teams in the city kind yeah. of now, Abbott's Abbotsford and Vancouver. Both yeah. named the Canucks, so I look at it this way. We got a 50-50 chance of one of them being successful, a 100% chance of both of them being in the toilet. And right now, it's the latter. <laughs>
0: Yeah, let's feel that flush. Here we go. All right, let's move along here. Let's talk some money here. Um, so, mutual funds, okay, and a mutual fund, you, you got fees, you got portfolio management, you, you got all these different things that, that, that. Okay, explain to me how fees differ from the fee in the service model, because again, I'm already confused.
1: Yeah, mutual funds have embedded fees. There's lots of different. Um, types of mutual funds or, or what they call them different classes with different fee structures. There's different types of commissions on mutual funds. The, the unfortunate thing, and again, I'm not picking on the companies, even though people think I am, yeah. but there's not full transparency yet in Canada like there is in other countries, um, US, UK, just to name our two yeah. closest ones, where hard to believe yeah. their level of transparency is way ahead of ours. But in Canada, if you're dealing with your money And we're going to talk about this in a couple episodes from now. Would you want to deal with a fiduciary? Someone, and we'll get into what fiduciary means, but the basic gist of it is someone whose total responsibility is full disclosure to you. They're looking out for you, the consumer, your best interest, not mine, or not the other financial planner you're dealing with. They have to look after you first, and they have to disclose every single fee. And that's the thing. A portfolio manager, the biggest difference is, one, there's active management. They're managing the portfolio to fit your plan, not just selling a basket of mutual funds that look good on a spreadsheet. And that's not always the case, but unfortunately, that's a lot of times the case. Or they're not selling – we talked about commissions earlier. They're not selling the ones that they're getting a – Better bonus on because they're proprietary to their company. That's the one thing. Here's the big thing, though. We talked about earlier one of your points being your questions being that financial planning fees aren't tax deductible. Well, not if you just write them a check. But no. say you you the advisor is getting paid a referral fee, this one percent we use as an example from the mutual or from that, sorry, the portfolio management company. If and they're using that to build you a plan. Again, full disclosure—that's the important part. But if the if in your plan you have investments that are what are called non-registered, um, or another term is taxable. In other words, just like cash investments that are not in a TFSA, not in an RSP, so not in a registered product, they're in a non-registered or taxable product. Those management fees are fully tax deductible. So let's use the 1% and let's use a $250,000 investment. So that's $2,500. So there's a significant portion of your financial plan that we said earlier was $5,000. Lots of numbers being thrown around here. But all of a sudden, that $2,500 is tax deductible. So now you can get a financial plan and actually tax deduct the fee if you follow the portfolio management model. And any time you can put tax refunds in your hand, you're further ahead. Because it takes the pressure okay. off of needing to make money because you're getting a tax-free tax savings at the same time. So sure, a lot of words there. But, but that's a way that... to kind of do the financial plan and put some money in your pocket at the same time.
0: So, again, getting back to this tax treatment of of, of each system, I mean, is that really what you're getting at right now, is that this tax treatment is is really a key element here?
1: Absolutely. When you can find ways to build a plan, whatever the plan is, however the plan is built, but put taxes in your pocket, think about it. If you can get refunds or, or considerable tax savings through a plan, it lessens the demand on your rate of return. So... You know, you can get further ahead, and you don't need to take on as much volatility. Now, we would all love seven, eight, nine, ten percent rates of return. I, I know that, but in the last year in two thousand twenty and twenty one, the markets after COVID have been insane. Oh. That, that's not going to continue. I saw one the other day, oh. and a person quoted eighteen percent that this is what you're going to earn because they earned eighteen percent last year. That's ludicrous. I mean, you want to go extremely conservative when figuring out a plan. So if you can go really conservative, lower volatility, the more likelihood your plan is to come true, take on less risk. But if you can add tax savings and tax refunds through deduction of fees to that plan, that's one way to treat your plan. That's phenomenal. Look at TFSAs within your plan and tax free growth that's a great way to build your plan so anything you can do that put taxes in your hand you enhance where you are in that plan because it's i mean it's free money in the sense that it's not taxable and we're not giving those filthy dis- i mean i mean those um, <laughs> um those i mean those politicians you know the people yeah those guys. about. yeah you're not exactly, putting yeah. more money in their pocket making it harder for you to get that money back and that is key <laughs>
0: So uh, to move along here. Oh, did I say something funny all, about the politician? You know, we, no, not yeah, me, we, never. Could, we, could, <laughs> we could spend all day with this one. But anyway, let's to move along here. Let's get onto the mortgage. All right. And how, how does that mortgage now fit into this, this fee for service model? How does that
1: work? The great question, Dave. And I know I know we're gonna get Vitri on again this season to talk yes. in more detail about mortgages, which will be yeah. great. But a mortgage, your your biggest debt it could also be your house being your biggest asset it could be a key part of your financial plan. Look for a financial planner, find that registered financial planner who's really an expert in making your mortgage tax deductible. When you can make one of your biggest assets and your biggest financial commitments tax deductible, that could throw a lot of money in your pocket. And and not all mortgages work for that type of plan. You want to have something where there's not a lot of fees. It's not locked in. Again, flexibility to make change as the market changes. But talk to a registered financial planner when you're doing your due diligence and and interviewing them, don't give them these solutions see what solutions they bring to the table. And if you're seeing a, and I just read a great article about this, about people trying to abuse the term financial advisor. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's trying to hijack it and say we're a financial advisor. I mean, there should be a term called a financial solutions analyst because okay. you want someone who's not advising and just giving advice. You want someone giving you solutions because advice usually means selling a product. And, and, Go look for firms where they're looking at the big picture. They're looking at solution-based financial planning, not sales-based financial planning. And a mortgage is a key part of the solution. And if you can start to make that really big asset, you have tax deductible, that's going to be a huge part of your day-to-day plan. That's key. Again, again, more money in your pocket, less money in the government's pocket, and that's always a good
0: thing. Yeah, for, 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 let's for, not give
1: that's, CRA that's, more money to yep. away. I mean, let's follow <laughs> the rules. I'm very I'm big on that. You know that, Dave. I'm big on not 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 even push the rules. Let's follow the rules, but let's go to a firm, find someone who knows the rules, and put them in place, and then yeah. and these plans aren't for everyone. Cause not everyone fits into that mold where you can do these things, but if it's fitting for you to have this as an option and there's free money out there or, you know, tax refunds that you fit into, you want to know about them for sure.
0: Yeah. Next question. Uh, how do taxes and wills and those two items work? I mean, connect the dots here for me.
1: Yeah. When you're doing your plan with the advisor, you really want to try and find a firm that sees the importance of a will and an estate plan and, and building the plan to lower your taxes for the future. And sometimes we see little, just little things that can be tweaked that make such a difference. So we'll give you, a, a, everyone out there, here's a free, easy example. And you you. and you'll, when yeah. I say this, you're going to go, well, that's obvious. <laughs> Not so much because I see this one happen all the time. You're in retirement yeah. years. You yeah. have a RIF or some type of RIF, which is, here we go with these acronyms again, Dave. I know you love these, yep. which is an RSP or, yeah. or a locked in RSP or something like that. So some sort of registered plan that you're now collecting income from, a RIF, a LIF, whatever the case may be. But you forgot or your advisor neglected to tell you to put a beneficiary on it, a.k.a. your spouse. So look on the beneficiary line and make sure it says Brenda. Well, if everyone out there is going, well, I'm not married to a Brenda. Talking about Dave, people. (laughs) Not Bentley the dog, Dave. You got to name Brenda. Okay, So you put it to Brenda. It's got to be Brenda. Brenda. So your RSPs or RIF in retirement pass to Brenda or your spouse with no tax consequences. Well, there's an easy savings. If you name and and it passes right away, get the big one here, without passing through probate, they get the money. And there's no tax because they're your spouse. There's only tax when they start to spend it. So that's an easy thing when talking about a will, talking about an estate plan to make sure you've looked after those little things. But here's another one. Say, God forbid, the spouse has predeceased you, and yeah. um you have to figure out who to leave it to. And just by naming your children or named beneficiary, even though yes, the RIF will be taxed to your estate, you save on probate. By going directly to them, yes, the tax still has to be paid, but better to bypass probate and save some fees than just pay that money away out of your estate. So when you're setting up your financial plan, Your estate plan is part and parcel of this at the same time. Making sure simple things like you have beneficiaries on your life insurance. Go to your products you have through your employer. You maybe have a group RSP plan at work or life insurance at work. Make sure all these things have named beneficiaries so that we know where the money is going. And for gosh sakes, and I know we're going to get Bart Aldrich on here again this season, (laughs) talking about wills and power of attorneys. Make sure that will is up to date because you know, when you go into the financial planner's office and, you, and you're working on your plan and your registered financial planner says, do you have a will? Oh yeah, we got a will. And who's yeah. the guardian of your children? And you go, oh, my aunt so-and-so who's now been gone for 15 years, God forbid, or, you know, yeah. and you've left everything to whomever who unfortunately you don't even know anymore. They were a longtime friend who you moved around and you lost track of, who knows? Yeah. So you can always have a will. Just make sure the will's up to date and has some of these key things. So when we talked about earlier on in this uh, episode, Dave, about updating your plan and talking to your registered financial planner, maybe every year two years. Or what did I say when there's a material change in the family situation or your financial situation and you review the plan? Not a bad idea to review the will at the same time, making sure these little things are done. And that goes back to one of your points earlier of what do you get for your money? You should get someone doing a check on you, the advisor's job, the financial planner's job, yeah. to make sure these things are up to date. So they're not just left you know, floating around in the wind and they're, they're not talked about. And all of a sudden you realize, oh, crap, I've never done that yet. I haven't done that yet. And that's important to make sure it's all up to date.
0: And in summary, I mean, basically you get the same from both. If you do your, you do your diligence, your homework and all, all the things that you've just talked about, you get the, you get the result,
1: correct? Absolutely. So we can, yeah, we can use this time just to summarize all those points too, but, but talking to the registered financial planner and, and really how does this go? I mean, to go back to the beginning of our podcast here is it really goes by first doing your due diligence and finding someone you connect with. You should always be able to get an introductory meeting without pressure, without this yeah. hammer over your head, like, so you're going with me? Are you so you know, are you doing this or you doing that? There should be never really talk about product sales in a in this relationship, right, Dave? I mean, it really should be a solution-based. And in your first meeting. Your registered financial planner, I mean, it's all different. So I'm not saying this has to be the way. I'm more just speaking from my own experience. But in the beginning, it should really be you talking about you and what you want out of this relationship. So you, the consumer or the purchaser, if you will. And it should be the registered financial planner talking about the process. What are the things they do? What kind of products do they represent, if any? Are they just a flat fee pay me a check. I'll build you a plan. You walk away. So that fee for service, are they a commission based thing where they sell products or are they kind of that hybrid? Well, you can choose option B or C let's just say a is commission, which is fine. B is a flat fee and C is kind of a mixture where they're getting paid some money from these companies and they're using that money to give you a plan because and, and this happened the other day in a case that I saw third party on, that I was asked just to comment on in something um, on the airwaves, where a company wanted to charge a fee, you know, a, a three quarters of a percent, yeah. I think it was, or maybe it was 1%, I think it was three quarters of a percent. And, that, and again, nothing wrong with that if it's disclosed, except here's the thing, get this one, Dave. They yeah. didn't want the fee to be disclosed because they were really a commission-based salesperson who didn't want to provide any solution, no plan, but they wanted to refer the portfolio manager to the client. So for that referral fee, and we talked about the referral fee again, there's nothing wrong with that, but they didn't want it disclosed. So they wanted to refer the person and collect the commission like a lot of mutual funds, but not do a plan. And to their credit, the portfolio management company, said, we won't do that. We're not, you know, we're not going to basically do an end run in football reference there. Um, we're not going to yep. do an end run on the client, pay you a fee just for saying, Hey, here you go, go deal with these guys. And you don't provide them a product because here's what's happening in the, in the business in the financial business, which is great. These portfolio companies, again, are fiduciaries. Their responsibility first and foremost is to you the client, number one. Yeah. So they want to have full, above board, transparency, full disclosure. They were being asked to do something in favor of the salesperson advisor, not in the best interest of the client. And they just won't do that. And this is why I say And I know this is a little, people get sick of me, maybe, maybe they don't bang on this drum. (laughs) But if your advisor is not dealing with a portfolio management company, ask them why. Here's the other one. If your advisor is dealing and, and providing mutual fund product solutions, they are getting a trailer fee. A trailer fee—it may be called something different. They might be getting a commission too, but let's just deal with the trailer fee. A trailer fee on a front-end mutual fund. And Remember, I said earlier, Dave, there's different classes of mutual funds. Yeah. There, yeah. There's little letters after them, and I don't want to get into that because that's just confuses a consumer. But if they're going to just collect a, a front-end, uh, sorry, a trailer fee—that's all the person is going to collect. Well, then it's your right to say. How are you getting paid? Oh, you collect a trailer fee. How much is your trailer fee? Oh, my trailer fee is 1%. Great. No problem. What am I getting for my 1%? And if all you're getting is the privilege of them saying, you get these mutual funds from this company that I'm recommending, like, you know, get your shoes on and walk out the door. Like, yeah. what, that's, that's a privilege to you? Like, that, that doesn't make, it's never made sense to me. Like, and this is why I've been working so hard at kind of saying financial planning, find a registered financial planner for years is like, get something for your money. Like this is a, the financial planning world is theoretically very intangible. There's nothing you're really getting for a product. It's more theory and strategies and solutions, right, Dave? But if you're getting a plan and you're getting ongoing service and, you're getting your will and your taxes done, et cetera, then you've made financial planning tangible. You're actually getting something concrete for your money. You're getting updates. You're getting guidance. You're getting a new strategy. You're getting a new plan when you need it. So you had a plan developed last year and COVID came and the world got crapped on and could say coughed on, I guess. Um, And all of a sudden – you got a buyout from your company that you just thought, geez, I just, this is too good to be true. I can't, you know, I got to take advantage of this. Allows me to start, as we say at everything financial, start leading the work optional lifestyle and do some fun. Well, then all of a sudden you need a new plan. You should be able to get that from your advisor because they've already put all the time into building the initial plan. Now it's time for the new plan or the or the remodeled plan, if you will. The upgrade, you know, whatever you want to call it. And those are the type of things you should get for your money. But really, you need complete access to your registered financial planner, their team and their firm, whether it's tax advice, um, maybe advice from a notary or a lawyer who's with them or they, you know, works with them, or also just advice on, geez, here's a simple one. They put in a new RSP plan at work, and here's my choices of what to do, and I have no (laughs) clue what to do. Well, Mr. and Mrs. Jane and John Doe, let's sit down and see how those changes affect that plan we put in place eight months ago or 18 months ago or whatever the case may be. How is that going to help you achieve your goal down the road? And that's the type of things you should get from your registered financial planner and your plan. When your financial situation changes, pick up the phone or send them an email and say, we need to meet because my situation's changed and I want to see how this affects my plan. And that's what you should get for your money.
0: Safe to say tough to make, you know, good decisions, especially when you don't know what you don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. I got to, I got to touch on this quickly. Now, if people want to learn more or get a second opinion, then, okay, what should they do? Let's get to the answer here.
1: Well, Start going on the internet because people see this from all over the place. Search yep. for, first off, and I believe this wholeheartedly, search for registered financial planners. Go into, here we go with acronyms, <laughs> IAFP, so the Independent Association of Financial Planners, which you're a member of if you're a registered financial planner website. Look for financial planners and, and, and go talk to a few of them. Or, gosh, this sounds self-serving go to www.everythingfinancial.com and look for one of our offices in your area because we've got the a couple in Van, the lower mainland area of Vancouver. Yeah. We've got one in the States. We've got one on Vancouver Island. But, you know, what? we get clients from all over, from Alberta, Ontario, all different parts of BC. And nowadays, with the advantage of Zoom-type applications and different yeah. different online things, you can just about do the full plan, really you can, and never sit face to face in front of the person, but it may take you a little longer obviously to develop that relationship through the computer. But if you're in an area where you just don't have a lot of choices to go to someone, then go online and make that connection, start asking the questions, that's
0: the key. Yeah, But get that second opinion. Absolutely, and and if someone starts
1: asking you, let me see your statements, let's see what kind of money you made last year, If they're leading with one of those questions, just like, you know, you're being sold because guess what? Anyone can get a computer and find a better basket of mutual funds or investments to beat what you did last year. But guess what? That was last year. Doesn't matter. The key is, I don't know this, but I'm I'm just about positive that no one out there has a crystal ball that works any better than mine, which is to say the least, it doesn't. (laughs) So what happened last year is irrelevant as they say, you know, you gotta, you gotta look at when tuna's on sale and stock up on lots of tuna. So (laughs) past performance is not for sale. You can't get it because it already happened. Look at a portfolio manager who's as part of working in conjunction with your registered financial planner, knows your plan then builds the portfolio, gives you that opinion, and they say, look, tuna's on sale, time to put your investments in this because it's a good day right now. That's what active management is, looking for those deals and looking for things that can happen to enhance and complement your plan, not selling you a product because it was really good last year. Last year doesn't matter. What happens from now going forward is what matters.
0: What a great way to wrap it up. Thanks, Peter, as always. Um, I'll tell you what, uh, episode five, I learned a ton here. We're going to be back very soon with episode six. And I do want to, again, thank you very much for sharing all of this with us. And uh, I'll tell you this, uh, if you want to get more, I mean, go to your podcast platform, uh, YouTube, all of it. Uh, and if you've got a question for Peter, just go to yourmoneyateverythingfinancial.com. Peter, I'll talk to you again real soon. That's not a promise. It's a threat.
1: Thanks, Dave, for looking <laughs> after this. And we'll see you again in two weeks.
0: You got it.